Welcome to 12 Questions. This is Anna Valenzuela. I was up till 3 a.m. doing a college project. Is it going to bother my teacher? Yes, because I spent the whole time just proving the textbook. I'm an asshole. Anyway, I'm excited to be here today, if not completely delirious. And uh, so we're going to have to invite in a responsible adult onto the pod right now. I'm happy to introduce my co-host, Mr. Dave Yates. Hey, everybody. Got plenty of sleep, and I'm not in school because I'm not a nerd. 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 Okay, um, I'm just going to chime in. Uh, you're in school? <laughs> yep. I am. I decided to go back to college. I'm getting a uh, getting a degree in film, television, and radio so I could be rejected from all aspects of the industry. Not rejected, accepted. One of those things. Isn't being rejected the same thing as being accepted? Because when you're rejected by one group, you just go find another group. That's like when you get canceled. You just become a Republican. <laughs> yeah. You fight, oh for, my gosh. you fight for free speech when no one wants to listen to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Who are we speaking with today, ma'am? Um, hi, guys. This is Nicole Amy Schreiber. I, uh, I'm uh, a comedian in, in Los Angeles. Uh, and... I'm a, I'm a person and a delight. And we haven't had coffee in a while. So that's why she had to come in and be like, girl, what do you do with your life? What's happening right now? I mean, uh, I was just like, wait, what college? I was like, when you said college, I was like, is she teaching in college? No, you know, I have all joke about it. You would think that I, cause I'm not a dumb, I'm, I'm not a dumb. You're dumb. not even close to being a dumb, dumb girl. If you I ha- were close to being a dumb, dumb. I wouldn't be here. Girl, I had a G. I have a GED. I don't even have a high school diploma, so I had to. I had to hit these streets. I had to hit the ground running when okay. I was. When I, I was can't believe I'm going to say this. What yeah. is the difference between a GED and a diploma? Well, there's actually there's three levels. So there's a high school equivalency, which is like you basically just kind of test out of high school, and then there's a GED, which is an almost high school diploma where you're still testing out of high school, but you're proving proficiency in um, all of the academic subjects of high school. Okay. And then there is a high school diploma where you've completed all the subjects, you have eight classes. And um, of the three, the last one is uh, more preferable for getting into four-year universities. My question, when you said the first one was where you can like literally test out of high school. Mm-hmm. Is that for just like hella smart people? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, it's usually it's usually used. Dave, do you know a lot of people with an equivalency? I mean, some people that test out of high school that want to just get to college can go at like 15, 16. Yeah, yeah. That, that can happen. That can happen. I don't want to like pigeonhole. I do know a lot of people with equivalency because they did time in YA or got pregnant or... <laughs> like had because the the way it sounds like testing out of high school it sounds like you can if you're smart enough you can just skip high school or if you're locked up yeah 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 so it's 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 generally one of those like couldn't couldn't hang kind of things um so so yeah so i have the in between the 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 jelly in in that sandwich um i have i have the in between so uh yeah a lot of people don't uh don't know that. So, uh, so because of my gaps, my education, there's some things that like people like in my career, they were like, you should do this, this, and this. 
And I was like, yeah, but I actually didn't have like the functional skills to do. So I, I'm going back and obtaining those skills. Where are you in? Where, what's college are you in? Pasadena City College. I love this. I love this uh, for you. But we've had it. We've had a very strange start to the show, which I love. This is the most Nicole Amy Schreiber moment we could possibly have. I'm so excited. But so, Dave, could you read us our clarity statement right now? And then we'll sure get can. into these questions and like find out what's going on with Nicole. Welcome to 12 Questions, everyone. We believe that growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences with guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AANA or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. Simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to give hope to anyone struggling. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves by listening. Nicole, first off, I have to tell you, you were very funny. You were dynamic. You were one of the kindest people I know. Uh, you are you are clutch in an insane situation. Nicole's Nicole was there when um, when my I found out I had a terrible stomach infection the hard way on the way to a road gig. <laughs> that was like saved my life. Wild. <laughs> and you want to talk about addiction? I was literally shaking with a fever, throwing up every ten minutes. By the way, it's just so so chill about it. Like if that had been me, I'd have been like, I'm dying. We gotta go to an emergency room. I have to call my mom. I'm so Jewish. Like I could never have handled that with the grace that you did. You were so, so graceful. You were like, um, hi, I'm sorry to be a nuisance. Um, can we pull over real quick? I just got to get this like whole, like vomiting thing. (laughs) And then she like very, I like pull over on the side of the road. Very. She's just very casually, just like a. (laughs) just like got back in the car and was like and we're on our way i grew up being car sick all the time uh growing up in the mountains where every road was shaped like this (laughs) so i was very used to that but i was you want to talk about addiction i was like i was like i remember you being like we have spots at the madhouse before the show and i remember being like Oh yeah, they know me there. I'll just like lay in that one big bathroom stall until you can tell you guys are done with you. I'll just I won't do my spot. I'll just go puke somewhere and see you guys after. You have a really good memory. I forgot. <laughs> I was like, wait, where were we going? And then you were like, but and then you said we were doing Madhouse Reds. before Reds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything. That was crazy. Oh, that was a while ago. That was, yeah, a while. was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably filling your head with like you know, new and exciting projects and things. How are you doing at this? Uh, I'm, this- I'm not filling my head with, and I'm just filling my head with too much information. There's just too much stuff. I, it, you know, so many people are like, oh, I'm losing my memory or, oh, I'm having like COVID brain fog. Like, I think we just have too much information. Like we, when we were kids, we didn't have an excessive amount of information like kids do now. Like we do There's now. There's more information than has ever been available at any ever, point in human ever. history. And it's like in one day, I, I can't even imagine like if someone were to like calculate the percentage of the increase in information that one is exposed to on a daily basis versus, you know, in the 90s. Like I don't, mm. I don't, I don't pick up my phone and I'm not in and you know, I didn't pick up my phone. I didn't have a phone in the nineties. Um, and I was inundated with information. You know, I didn't turn on the TV and I was inundated with the information. I didn't turn on a computer and there was just like a, you know, a salad of information at all times, you know, like I remember when Wikipedia 
came out, I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. I don't have to go to my, my den to get my mom had this, we had like this TV room. We called it the den. And in it was like a huge thing of encyclopedias. And it was like my favorite thing. thing. Yeah. I was obsessed with encyclopedias. We still have the set of encyclopedias. And, and I actually think my mom might've just given it away. She gave it away to some like, um, uh, uh, orphanage or something. I don't know. So like young kids, that's I'm like, so kids young need. kids, that's what kids need. Yeah, um, they need a 1994 yeah. fucking Rogers Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them countries don't even exist anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, very true. In it, it's like Pluto. It's like, LOL. <laughs> Amazing. Anyhow. So yeah, I was like, but you know, one, I remember I, when I started going on Wikipedia, I was like, well, I'm just going to be in a rabbit hole for all of eternity on here. I, and then I, I my whole life turned into Wikipedia. <laughs> I think all of ours did. I, I think one of the, the things like surrendering to that for me is like, um, I have my phone set up very specifically to, um, not notify me the second something happens like yeah so i'm not one of those people that's like always getting a twitter notification or always getting like a facebook messenger notification or something it's like it's like if we cool you got my number (laughs) (laughs) totally i don't have my text messages set up nothing notifies there's a few things that notify me i do have my news app on oh that one i had to turn off i was like "Uh -uh, i don't need to know about that I we keep all- that on. And then I also keep, there's an Instagram account called fact. That's it. That's the handle fact. And they just tweet random facts throughout the day. And that I have on because I it's, can- it's one of those. I love facts. I love just like a yeah. little factoid. And I've argued with them before. I've been like, this is not a fact. And they're like, look it up. And then I'll be like, okay, it's a fact. It's crazy. It's always a fact. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> well. You know, I, you know, we were talking about uh, before pre-pod, pre-pod, we were talking a little bit about like, um, you, carb hangovers, you know, addictive tendencies, like that kind of stuff. Like, how do you experience surrender in your daily life, Nicole? Um, Surrender in my daily life. I have to talk to myself so much. The amount of talking to myself, uh, I woke up this morning at 6 a.m. because of my carb hangover from last night's Rosh Hashanah dinner. <laughs> and I woke up at 6 a.m. and I was so anxious. And I was like having these, you know, thoughts of like, I'm not enough. I'm never going to be enough. Um, I'm, you know, I just, the negative voices in my head. And I, I literally have to say out loud, hey, it's okay to have these thoughts. Yeah. Just go back to bed, Nicole. It's okay to have these thoughts. It's fine. You'll figure them out later. Just continue to get some sleep. Cause then at that point I'd only slept like maybe five hours. Um, and I was like, I definitely need more sleep. And when I'm more well rested, I will address the issue of not being enough and feeling inadequate. Um, and s- surrendering to me looks a lot like a nap. I'm going to be honest. Same. I, I, nothing gets me through something I can't control like a nap. Well, it's amazing that self-care is, is, is like when I, when I have exhausted all the other options, it's like, oh yeah, have you tried taking care of yourself? And that's surrender. Oh yeah. That's surrender. I finally done the thing to make myself like feel better. 
Yeah. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired is real. Dude, for real. Very much for real. Um, I, I'm in Al-Anon. That's my, that's my recovery. Um, and I've only completed step one. I've been in the program now for a long time, probably three years. Um, it'll be three years in December. And when I finished step one, uh, I was like, I did. She's like, yeah, you've accepted that you're powerless. And I was like, I have, she's like, yeah, you had to, cause I was like dating somebody who was like really toxic and bad for me. And I was like, I kept making excuses why I couldn't block him and why I couldn't cut him out of my life. I had every excuse in the book. And finally, one day I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. I can't figure yeah. I can't figure this out. And then I blocked him on everything. And my sponsor was like, you're, you did it, Nicole. You did it. You blocking someone is like saying, okay, listen, I can't deal with this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've just got to, you know, and then when I did that, I was like, oh, now I understand surrender. Yeah. Yeah. It's surrender. I mean, isn't getting closure necessarily. No. Um, surrender. Isn't like being like, all right, I quit. I give up as much as it is, is like, I will be fine without this other thing, I guess. Like it doesn't. Yeah. 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 I mean, we were talking about, and this is a very silly parallel, but we were talking about like, uh, gluten. We both, we both are, uh, we're, we both have broken guts and can't, uh, can't eat certain things. And, you know, the process of surrendering to like, you know, no more meeting cake, you know, no more, no more, no more breads, you know, surrender for me looks like a lot of things. It looks like I have to stretch every day. I have to, I have to try to get eight hours of sleep and I have to, you know, I have to have balance with my career and I have to have, I have to go to meetings and I, I have to not use every day. Like, like there's a lot of things for me that surrender like presents itself as. So I love that. Cause it can't be as simple as like, I just can't talk to this fool anymore. Yeah. It, he makes me sick. Yeah. It's gotta be like, it's not a, uh, I lose you when you being like, whatever your thing, your substances uh, that you're abusing. It's more of like, I just can't do, I have to look at it as I can't do this right now. Yeah. I need to not do this right now because it's not going to make me happy. And it's, it really is a day at a time thing. Like it really is very much like, I can't think about, I'm never going to talk to him again. He's never going to be in my life again, but I also can't hold on to, I might talk to him again. It's just, I'm just not talking to him ever again for today. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, that's staying in the present with whatever yeah. you're dealing with. It's, uh, it's not beating myself up over the shit I've done and not beating myself up over the shit that I've yet to do and yeah. just trying to maintain some semblance of like here and now, yeah. for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really is like, I think the way to, you know, kind of deal with everything as much as it's like, yes, you need to like plan for your future, but it's like, you know, that's... It's it's all kind of crazy making when you when you're not where your feet are. Well, yeah, it's like making plans and then fucking having extent existential crises over the future are two different things. You know, dude. When people are like, when people, somebody messaged me and was like, "Hey, do you want to do a show in, in, in?" It was like November. It was like a show here in LA. It's not even like a known show. It's not like it's like 
this person's booking a show that's like, I'm trying to think of like a popular independent show. I can't think of any. Anyhow, the person was like, do you want to do the show in November? I'm like, November? I'm like, I can't commit to anything in November. It's like, I don't know what my life is going to be like in (laughs) November. I could be dead in November. Why are we planning for November? (laughs) And also like your show, you're already booked out till November. You need to stop being such an overachiever. This is too much. November. <laughs> the fun the fun part about those is like you'll get booked that far out and then you'll reach out like a week before. It's like, hey, I didn't get a flyer or anything for this. Like, oh yeah, shit, I forgot I had you on this show. It's like, yeah, yep, you did. Yeah, yeah. This all adds up, you asshole. <laughs> um uh, yeah. And I hate it when the people are like it, who do book super far in advance, they'll be like, All right, I'll send you a flyer. I'm like, don't don't send me a flyer, just tag me. In the fucking flyer. I'm not going to independently post your show flyer for a show in Arcadia. Just send me the goddamn fucking tag me and then give me a heads up. (laughs) I hate to admit it, but I'm I'm a little bit the same way. I'm like, I'm like, oh, thank you for sending me the flyer. And I have all the intentions in the world to post the independent flyer. I really do. Never do. (laughs) You got to just tag them. You can't trust nobody. You just got to tag them. it's em. like the <laughs> sickest flyer ever. Sure. Where you're like, yeah, I hired somebody to like do this fucking crazy ass artwork. Otherwise, it's like, what did you, what, why? I'm, I don't need your, your fucking Canva photo collage flyer. You fucking jerk. This is, I mean. Yeah, no one learned. No one learned how to make a good flyer over the break either. Nobody. Like, fuck, that was it's something. Cli- it's clip art, and not only that. It's my favorite. Is I've got professional headshots easily accessible on all my social media, mm. and they always pick the photo of me from like six years ago holding the microphone. It's like, man, like I I paid a lot of money for these without a microphone, so you could see my fucking face. Just use oh, those. Everybody, Men. everybody, and the pictures that they've picked for you. Oh, I just and they're grainy because the sizing's wrong. Yeah, I I honestly need to call the pictures on my Facebook because they go into my Facebook and then they just like dig. I wasn't a comedian for a long time. There is like yeah. a big chunk of my adult life where pictures are just regular. <laughs> and, yeah, like, I people are pulling picture. out crazy. It's pictures. like they're pulling out pictures where you're like with other people, so it's a crop <laughs> picture. So it's like your face with like an ear of yeah. someone else. Or they found that one picture taken by a photographer that hates women's bodies. And we just all look like a Picasso um, <laughs> on stage. Cause you're like in the middle of a bit and you're contorting. <laughs> they're just I like, like, I got it. I've got, I've got pictures of my mug shot just because I've shared those. And it's like, <laughs> just use that. Like if you're going to I mean, really, honestly, if you, like if I, if I was making a show flyer and I had to choose between headshot and mug shot, you bet you're pretty ass. I'm picking mug shot. <laughs> Exactly. If I could, I would only want people to have mugshots. I think uh, I love a rock bottom photo. I think that's a show. That's a show idea right there. Mm-hmm. No, it actually is. Somebody's doing a roast of mugshots. Uh, oh, I was going to yeah. say the mug show. Yeah, yeah, or the mug show. That that's actually that that's actually happening. And there is um, it made me kind of wish like I I didn't have my record sealed uh, because I was a child. <laughs> I was like, oh, I wish I had my mugshot. <laughs> you can't get your you can't get your mugshot. I don't think so. Uh, from the state like of Arizona. 
Maybe I feel like you could. I'll ask them. Dream big, bitch. You're in college now. <laughs> you should be full of hope and altruism. You're like, Girl, I had to explain to my teacher in a business uh, entertainment business class how podcasts make money the other day. I swear to God. <laughs> Pasadena City College, ladies and gentlemen. Pasadena Stay City out of College. Kids. That's that's what we're trying to say. Stay out of school. No, they yeah, were. Just, it's it's been a great experience overall. It was just that moment. I was like, man, they this book. By the time this book was written, they they still didn't understand how podcasts were monitored. That is one thing that I think is interesting about school um, uh, materials. With how quick information is working, I mean, every book. Uh, with the exception of like books where it's like ancient history, um, they're all updating so so quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. It's wild. Let's, let's pop this second question. We were talking about mug shots, uh, Nicole. What is the most insane moment you've had up until this point? I mean, could be insane good, could be insane bad, either or. Uh all right, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do something insane. Good. I've never really had like crazy, weird, bad things. Wait. Um, <laughs> Are you I mean, sure? Because every time I talk to you, you're like, there's like, there's like, you would not believe what happened. You know what I mean? That kind of. I vibe. know, but I don't think anything of the things of those are like. Mm. Uh, uh, they're not doesn't none of those are really like. I've never like ended up in a gutter being like, who raped me? Like I've never had like. <laughs> Some, like, insane to be like that moment where I mean I maybe because I've like blocked everything out I don't like remember was I was I almost you know raped in an elevator in Mexico was I sexually assaulted yes I mean these are the insane moments I've just I don't want to hear that story do you want to hear that story but <laughs> no, I'm just like oh no I'm sorry um, I was sexually assaulted twice. Um, and that's why I don't drink pretty much. Um, okay. uh, but I, I'm going to share a fun, just a, something that I think is fun. So I did an archeological excavation when I was in college. Um, were you studied, an anthro major? No, I was an art history major, oh. but I, so, uh, my freshman year, um, a friend of mine was like, oh, I just got into, uh, I just got a scholarship to the Hebrew university to study archeology span this summer. You should apply. Cause I, at that point I wasn't pre-med. I was still, I was undeclared. I, no, I was pre-med. Sorry. I wasn't an, an art history major. I was undeclared major still, but I was leaning towards psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had just taken an art history class and I was like, oh shit, I love this. And then my friend told me about the scholarship that you could get to go and do an archaeological excavation in Israel for the summer. And I was like, cool, I'll submit for it. If I get it, that would be awesome. So I submitted for it and I got it. Um, And it was the most wild, amazing experience. Um, I got to dig up an ancient Roman city. Um, And, you know, it's, it's, there's so much to archaeology that, you know, it's like you just every area of the world does archaeology different because mm-hmm. they have depending on the concentration of what's going to be in the ground, mm-hmm. they approach it either quick or slow, basically, is what I could boil it down to. So in Israel, it's quick, like just fucking 
hammer till you hit something and wow. we don't care if you break it we'll put it back together there's just so much stuff wow so um the site that i was digging up was an uh ancient uh herodian house it's a roman house mm-hmm. and so the way you know archaeological sites fill in in the in the middle east is typically romans romans the bottom layer and mm-hmm. then on top of Roman comes Byzantine art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Byzantine art, as much as it's like, oh, wonderful, amazing. Roman art is really the, the gemstone of mm-hmm. archaeology. So Byzantine usually gets destroyed. What they'll try to do is like pull it out of the ground and preserve it. Um, and then like put it in a museum. So you'll see Byz- there's a lot of Byzantine art. There's also a fucking ton of Roman art. But there's so much Roman art that there's still so much Roman art in the ground. Wow. There's, I mean, I dug up an entire house. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And then um, we found this ancient Roman cistern, which is a water. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a well of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found that. And then we got to rappel down into it. And I was the second person since Roman times to be inside of it. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. That's incredible. You're living my dream. I went on, I was originally an anthropology major a hundred majors ago. And uh, I went on a dig in um, like the Dove, it's like the Dove Valley uh, settlement here in California. And we got Mm. to, you know, we got to look at specimens, but they didn't let us touch anything. It was just mostly like, it was mostly a physical anthropologist being like, and this person had arthritis and here's how you can tell. So like, it wasn't, it wasn't. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. You're living the dream. Yeah. It's really awesome. It was, it was definitely one of those things where I was like, because I, I really thought I wanted to be an archeologist because I was like obsessed with Indiana Jones when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized being an archeologist is like, you're in the middle of the fucking desert in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like if you're doing the cool archeology, span which to me is, you know, Roman archeology, span uh, that's the place you'd want to be. And I was like, well, I'm never going to I'm never going to be here. This is too far away from everything. Yeah. So it's, it's a, yeah. It, and it's a lot of propelling into spider filled caves. That was, <laughs> here's the cool thing. There were no, it was, it was sealed airtight. So there were no spiders in it. Whoa. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I love wow. that. So how did you go from making the decision that you wanted to do archaeology to making decisions to be where you are today? Like, how do you make decisions in your life? What What's your process? Um, when something doesn't feel right, then I make a decision to get out of it. I wait till things don't feel good. And then I'm like, this should feel better. Uh, so, you know, archaeology, I was like, this feels great. I love it. I also don't want to be in the middle of fucking nowhere. I'm a city girl. Mm-hmm. I like the city. I'm... I mean, I was also like, you know, in my, you know, early twenties at the time, like I didn't want to like be in a remote area. Now I'm like, oh, give me a remote area. Give me no one. Let me be alone. Let me be alone with my sandbox full of Roman frescoes. Um, but, you know, it was like, so I went from that and then I was pre-med. And then once I, you know, uh, I didn't fail, but I didn't have the best grade and um, uh, chemistry in college. I was, was it like, chemistry or organic chemistry? Chemistry broke me. Organic Whoa. wasn't, wasn't as bad chemistry. Couldn't get chemistry for some reason, regular chemistry versus organic chemistry. Just 
night and day. Wow. Organic chemistry is still hard, but like regular chemistry for some reason could not wrap my fucking head around it. Um, anywho. So I was like, well, no one wants a doctor who's had a, you know, a C plus in (laughs) chemistry. And my mom's like, lots of doctors have, have C pluses. You're going to be a doctor. I was like, you just really want me to be a doctor. And no, I don't want to be a shitty. I don't want a doctor who didn't do well in all their classes. That's, that's just me personally. Like, I want to talk to every doctor and be like, what did you get in all of your pre-med classes? And then how did you do in medical school? Because if you can't handle the fucking pressure of, of getting all good grades and your brain can't work through all of the classes, you don't get to prescribe me medicine. You don't get to treat me. You, you definitely don't get to be a surgeon. Well, there would be no, there would be no doctor death podcast. If all these doctors got sterling. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I get very upset about, and then, so my cousin was the head of university of Michigan's, um, medical school. And my mom's like, you'll be able to get into Michigan. Cousin Alan will get you in. And I was like, Oh, great. The doctor who got into the best school because of nepotism. Oh, (laughs) even worse than getting a C in chemistry. Oh, that's gross. I want a doctor who fought for it. I want a doctor who stayed up every single night being like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but through blood, sweat and tears, I did it. My best the one who was like, Oh, uncle Alan, my best doctor I've ever had is a doctor. I talk about him in my act because he has the bedside manner of just like a heckling audience member. Like he's, he's just like, he'll say crazy shit to me sometimes, but he's a nurse practitioner with a doctorate in research. He was the one who looked at me when I came in. I was like, my stomach's all messed up. He was like, I know exactly what you have, but we're going to run the test anyway. I was like, okay, Dr. House, who do you think you are? Hilarious. Dr. House. Uh, But yeah, and and I've had some really, really terrible doctors too. It's like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And I love, Mm -hmm. but I love that you were like, no, not for me. But also it's okay to get a C plus every once in a while too. I don't think your mom was entirely wrong. She wasn't entirely wrong, but I also like, other than that, I was like really every math and science I was really good at. And it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm, you know, I like, I like doing it because I'm good at it, but you know, in physics, I got a A plus, I mean like literally not one thing wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, maybe I should have just been a physics teacher. There's part of me that's like, should I be a physics teacher? I want to be that like wacky fun physics teacher who's like momentum guys. See this fucking bowling ball. We're going to attach it to a string and I'm going to throw it at your face. Nicole, I need there to be a workshop where comedians teach community college professors how to be interesting. I've had two to three professors that are infinitely interesting. I would take any class that they Mm -hmm. taught. And then I've had some where I'm like, I have moving boxes that are more interesting than you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, (laughs) you're like, you're like, I have a spice rack and there's a, there's a spice I never use called dill because it's disgusting. And you, sir, have the energy bandwidth of unused dill. Of dry. 1980. dry onions dill from dill. 1980. That's you, sir. <laughs> By the way, dill, what a terrorist. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's I'd the have one to disagree. thing. I love a dill. Oh, Dave. Love a dill. Oh, Dave. Is this where we part ways? Is this, this is. where we part ways? Mm-hmm. The dill? The dill. Well, a dill pickle is good. A dill on a dill on salmon. Gross. Like a real lemony, buttery Vomity. salmon. Oh. <laughs> Anna. Oh, 
No. <laughs> You're anti-dill. This is an anti-dill podcast today. Oh ladies. my God. How do I make decisions? Does it have dill in it? Yes or no? No. <laughs> I'll take it. Yes. I would honestly, like I, the, I would, I would maybe start, you know, drinking if, if people were like, well, it doesn't have dill in it. And then I'd be like, well, now that you pitch it that way. Are you one of those cilantro weirdos too? Yes! <laughs> there it is. Nailed it. I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor or a physics major, but I, I know cilantro weirdos when I see them. Dave, what did you study in college? I was a English fiction major, so I studied writing. That works. I get that. I, I see yeah. that for you. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't want to do anything no else. Yeah, no, no dill. dill. No cilantro. Yeah, a lot of dill weeds, just no dill. Hey. Mm. Well, you have one of the things I love about you is you have very strong opinions. You know things about yourself. You mm. know things about how you, you, you have opinions about things you haven't even experienced yet. You know, you're just like, this is, this is who I am and this is how I can fit into the world. What mm. is the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself on your recovery journey? Um, <clears throat> or surprising thing, you know, like what's a, you really I've never been surprised about anything that I've learned about myself. Um, I've never been like, Oh, Nicole, I didn't know that about you. What an enigma. I have no mystery. I don't do mystery. I met this guy on an app and he was like, I was like, talk, he was talking about something. I was like, I'll just tell you. He's like, okay. I was like, Oh, I don't do mystery. If you want me to be like a mysterious woman yeah. who's like, oh, you got to peel back the layers. You're no, just get them. Here's me the neither. center. You know, it's like, yeah, yay or nay, in or out. Like, I don't have a TikTok, <laughs> motherfucker. Like, let's move it along. Um, so I've never been like, I've never been like, oh, I didn't know that about myself. Um, I will say the the most surprising thing that I've learned about myself, if it could be anything at all, it would be that my capacity to love and like show affection is one of my best attributes. Um, I'm, I'm a, my dad was someone who was very much just led with love. And I mm -hmm. think I got that from him. And I realize it is very much like my gift. My gift is like, just, I, I have too much love to give. I think it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, but I, um, yeah, I just, when I love man, Ooh, it is, it is. I love hard. I love hard, mm -hmm. but it's just like, I love for any reason at all. Like I, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I'm the person who says, I love you when they hang up the phone to everyone. Me too. And it's not that I don't know the value of the word love. I very much know the value of the word love, but like, why not? If it makes me feel good to say it and it makes me feel good to hear it. If someone's saying it to me, mm -hmm. why wouldn't I give that gift? Even if it's the smallest thing. Um, and for a, a while during COVID, I was like, when this shit's over, no more miss fucking nice, Nicole. I'm going to no, I'm not hugging anybody. Hello. I'm not kissing anybody. Hello. I'm, I'm not being nice anymore. And then my dad died and I was like, oh, as I'm, not, I'm just not going to do that. I'm always going to be like a lovey-dovey person. I'm going to hug everybody. Hello, because why not? I mean, minus the whole it's a pandemic and I don't want to like get COVID. But, you know, it's like I am the person who hugs everyone. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that about myself. Man, so much. So much has happened in this pandemic. I forgot that your dad died in the, the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Damn, girl. Yeah. 
It's going to be a year. It's going to be a year. It's October 18th. It's his death you day. Bl- you blink and it's fucking. You blink and they've been dead. They're super mm-hmm. dead now. They're not yep. just yeah. light. They're not dead light. They're dead. Mm-hmm. Leaded. Dead leaded and unleaded. Uh, yeah. The, the distance is... helps for the jokes. Because when yeah. I was working on the jokes, it was like, yeah, so my dad died four weeks ago. Yeah. And everybody's just like, you're fucking insane. And now yeah, that yeah. it's been two years. I'm like, uh-huh been two years so you're you're dealing with this now yeah well you were formally invited to dave and i's uh dead dad uh uh father's day get together um yeah we usually smash chili burgers at tommy's oh yeah let me tell you something this past father's day i went and stayed with my brother in northern california and i was like oh i will always be with my brother for my dad's for Father's Day, for his birthday, and for uh, his death day. That's what I've decided. I will never not be with him because I think I would lose my shit if I, I wasn't. I love that. Yeah. Because I, I just like want to be able to like talk. There's I have no one to talk about my dad with. My dad didn't have like a lot of friends. Like he knew a lot of people, but he didn't really have that many friends like every person who like knows my dad is like oh no one's better than your dad your dad's the nicest kindest human being like but they're saying it in a way like every single person it's like shocking how nice my dad was to the point where it was like oh my god your dad was literally the nicest person like it was weird how nice he was yeah and like just the like the kindest sweetest man and um so, yeah, so it's not like I could, like, nobody has, like, everybody has an instance where they're like, oh, your dad helped me do this, your dad helped me do that, but it's never, like, I can't talk to anybody about, like, you know, my dad the way I can talk to my brother, yeah. even my mom. My mom's, like, fucking annoying to talk to about every story about my dad somehow turns into how she's a hero. <laughs> I mean, every story my mom tells, period, is like, Ugh. So my patient died today, but I kept them alive for 15 <laughs> years. Look at me. That's my mom. Wow. <coughs> Whoa. Dave just disappeared. He'll be back. He will be back. Let's, uh, in, in his stead, let's keep it pushing. Okay. How, how honest would you say you are with uh, yourself and others today? Brutal brutal i'm honest to the point of being mean with myself and i'm honest with others to the point where i might almost be mean um i just feel like if you lie to someone the truth will always come out yeah that's an inevitability so it's like why would you lie to someone only to have to tell them the truth later or deal with the truth later Mm because then you're gonna have to deal with the lie and the truth Mm -hmm. but if you just tell the truth no matter how painful it is you only have to deal with it once mm-hmm. and then you move it along. And also don't ask my opinion. If you don't want the truth is my <laughs> whole thing. You were, you were very honest, but it's like, it's sweet. It's very sweet. And it's really good. Like, like you're definitely the kind of person I remember asking you before uh, doing a TV show. I remember asking you like, should I, should I wear this? And you were like, why? No, you look like you're going to a funeral. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. <laughs> that was the I feedback mean, I needed. <laughs> sounds like something I would say. I mean, <laughs> don't ask me how you look in them jeans, unless you want to know how you look in them jeans. You know, it's yeah. like, I, I am, I, it is something about myself that I very much value and kind of have always valued. Um, yeah. I remember there's this moment in college, a friend of mine, um, her sister had asked how she looked in a shirt. I was like, Oh yeah. 
she was like, do you like the shirt? I did. She didn't say, how do I look in the shirt? She's like, do you like the shirt? I'm like, eh, nah, don't like it. Find to find another shirt. That's all I yeah. said. And then my friend was like, you know, my sister's like insecure about her shoulders or something like that. She's insecure about something. And like, you made her feel really bad about the way she looks. I was like, what? I, what? She asked me if I liked the shirt. I said, no. Do you want me to lot? Do you want me to say I like the shirt? Also, I said nothing about her shoulders. I said nothing how she looks in it. I wasn't like, oh, that makes your shoulders look really big and boxy. You should go get another shirt. Like what? uh, Why is that on me? And I think a lot of people don't because when they hear the truth, they take it in when they hear the truth and they're not ready to hear the truth. They take it as a very personal assault. Well, that's why I, I've learned to ask the question, do you, would you like the friend response or would you like the program response? Right. I, by the way, I love, I have friends who are friends and then same thing. Like if I were to say to you, if I were to ask you something, I would be like, so when I want to get like Alan on advice, I will say to a friend, all right, will you Alan on me? That's my, yeah. I will. Yes. So I'll do that. And then if you, if you can't Alan on me, if, Usually I won't go to anyone who's in program for anything other than an Al-Anon type question type question. Um, and then yeah. if it's, I mean, I'm so definitive about what I, what I want, what I know that I'll very rarely ask, um, yeah. like fluffy opinions. Like I'll never be like, what do you think of these jeans? Like, I don't care enough about jeans. Like I just don't, if it's one of those things of like, you know, like if I was like, how am I handling a breakup? Mm. Um, you know, like, uh, like I would want, I would come to you and be like, ah, oh, this happened with this guy, blah, blah, blah. And I would want you to be like, Nicole, you fucking dingbat. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that is, but I I've learned to just ask in advance because, um, there are some times, and I know this for myself, there are some times where I just want somebody to be like, baby, that sucks. I love you. You know what I mean? And then, and then say something like when you're ready, let's talk about like, let's talk about your 50%. But for right now, let's just get through the, the initial shock of whatever's going on. And by the way, I love that referring it to as your 50%. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got that from a previous guest, uh, uh, Rick Macho, uh, your 50% because I'm a, I'm the type of codependent, uh, where I, I will take on all the responsibility in a situation because I assume if I fix me, then I've resolved the situation. It's back the way I would like it to be. And the truth is, is that again, we all have our 50%, you know, and, and sometimes you've got to wait for that other person's 50% to like resolve and, and, mm-hmm. and get to a place where they have enough closure to either, you know, um, re- renew or release the relationship. Yeah. And, and that for me is, is, is clutch to remember that, like, I can only do what I can do. Yeah. You know, I'm not God. If I yeah. assume it, because that's what it is, is me assuming responsibility because I like to be the higher power of the situation. And I'm just not, Yeah. Um, when I am in charge, I end up vomiting on the side of the 405 on the way to a gig in, <laughs> in San Diego, Hilarious. you know what I mean? That's what happens when I'm in charge. <laughs> so <laughs> just casually. You're that just, bad of a backseat driver. When I'm in charge, I tend to grip things too tightly, you know, like I, yeah. you know, I, I tend to, I tend to try to fix, manage and control. So the, the me relinquishing control is kind of where, where I'm at my best, but I, I'm not good at that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And well, and it takes, it takes time. Even just like recently I've had moments where I've had to be like, I am powerless. You know, it's like my family dynamic is all screwed up. My grandma fell and broke her neck. Nobody told me for a couple of days until she was getting into surgery and everybody else involved doesn't, hasn't worked medically adjacent the way I have. So they don't know how to operate in hospitals or relay information accurately. And it drives me crazy. I'm like, you, Nicole, I'm like, I'm like, something's wrong. I would like to see the doctor. I would like to know like what their current medication list is. Mm -hmm. How much are they taking of it? How often are they taking it? Are they eating? You know, Mm -hmm. like, I want to know all the details and to just kind of like, let go and be like my, you know, I call my sponsor Rayton and Raven. And she said, this is the definition of powerlessness Mm -hmm. and you just have to live in it until it can change. And, and to kind of breathe into that and be like, did I cry? Was I frustrated? Was I, was I, cause I get like frustration cry. Cause I can't get mad anymore. Well, I can get mad, but I can't get like lashing out. Doesn't feel good the way it used to. Right. So I yeah. get the frustration, you know, I'm just yeah. like, oh, and I, then I just start crying, you know? So it, it is, it, you know, it is, it's, uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay this is, this is, this is the best we can do. You know, like this is the kind of honesty I can have with myself today. And speaking of honesty, how, how much, how do you experience fear and anxiety in your life today? Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty fearful fear has the wheel kind of gal. Um, uh, I don't anxiety. I'm more depressed than I am anxious. Mm. like my anxiety immediately just kind of will roll over into depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to look back and be sad about the f- past and then the future I'll be like anxious about the future, but then I'll just like default to being sad. Um, depression is definitely something I've struggled with for majority of my life. Uh, but yeah, I going outside is really my way of getting around it all. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, sadness. I'm a, I'm a sleeper. My, my, most things make me sleep. Even my anxiety. I'm like narcoleptic almost. Um, Me too. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah. My dad, my dad was the same way. Yeah. It's better than my grandma once told me that she was like, you just really have no problem falling asleep in a stressful situation. Do you? And I'm like, well, you are a stressful situation. I love you, but you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to sleep <laughs> through the rest of this life with you. Um, yeah. Sleep sleep's great. Cause when you're asleep, nothing can happen. Yeah. See, I am the exact opposite. Uh, I feel like when I sleep, I'm never going to wake up. So oh, are you kidding? Sleep. That's like yeah. talk dirty to me. Never going to wake up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. please. Ah, oh, all I want is to never wake up. I go to sleep and I'm like, fingers crossed. Let's do this. Oh, <laughs> I can't. I, when people are like, oh, I'm scared to die. I was like, um, I welcome it with open arms. Yeah. It's just the next phase. It's the next phase in life. I was telling my, phase. I, t- I tell my grandma that I'm like, we're in the last lap, you know, this is a phase of life. And then you're going to pass into that, you know, that next phase of existence. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Like to really look at it with joy because that death is inevitable. So we have a choice. We can look at it with dread or we can look at it with joy. Yeah. 
you know. Yep, not me. I have what's called thanatophobia, which is the fear of death. Uh, so it is uh, crippling to me sometimes. Then I got to remember that I'm going to go to sleep and wake up and things are going to be okay. It is a constant everyday struggle for me. Uh, it's when I think about my dad the most. Uh, it is fucking awful. So, uh, yeah, it is. I, I wish I could get to that space where I was cool with it, but I uh, haven't done enough therapy yet. Put a name feel, to it. I feel bummed for you. I'm like, oh, know, what it bummer. sucks. Yeah, like, there's not nothing fun. better than going to sleep and being like, well, once I do this, might not have to do anything else. I yeah, want you. I, to- uh, I have to listen. I have to listen to podcasts. I have to fill my ears with noise uh, because I just it helps me not think. That's Ooh, that is crazy. that is how I that's how I sleep. I have a sleep timer you know, uh, on audio or whatever on my phone, it takes me a good 30 or 40 minutes to fall asleep, but I, I need to blot out all the, uh, crippling anxiety spinning thoughts before I can go to sleep. Well, Dave, I love you. Let's talk about having you celebrate day of the dead this year. It's such a nice, like beautiful way to, to hold hands with, with those who've passed. It's a beautiful thing. I recommend it. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Okay. Well, the reason why the fear and anxiety question is in there is like, it's, it's been my experience that fear and anxiety is the, the engine to my character defects. Like what, what character defects are you still working on today and, uh, and working through today? I mean, I'm not enough. Um, I, uh, I'm unlovable. I'm I'm so, so self-loathing, just self-loathing. Like the I'm genre. a fraud. I have imposter syndrome. Oh girl. I, so um, I, uh, I fucked up. Like I, I, I did life wrong. Um, I also have a huge fucking problem with fucking keeping my eyes on the road, my own road and not worrying mm. about what everyone else is around me is doing um compare and despair oh i mean jesus christ that is one of my biggest problems is compare and despair i mean i can compare and despair for a whole day and then like you know have to nap it off eventually what are you a comedian that is very like right now especially it's like you can look around and be like some people's careers are really popping off right now and then yeah. some people are like doing doing what the rest of us are doing which is like surviving and yeah. like not chasing it because we're all experiencing a global trauma collectively many people yeah. have lost people in these times like like let's just like get it get it through or some folks are doing like me and gathering skills and and waiting for the next opportunity you know what i mean and like yeah. preparing themselves for the next opportunity so it is it is one of those things where it's like when i have i've had those thoughts creep in i immediately help them my roommate i i have my roommate i you know i live with brandy posey right Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I do know that. How is she? She's a delight. And so okay, I had to walk out the other day and just be like, Brandy, I just need to verbalize this. And I verbalized it and it was just gone. It was just like, yeah, if I get in that compare and despair space, I'm just like, the minute I say, I say something about it and uh-huh. have somebody look at me with compassion and also like a little bit of like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, Girl, you out here till three in the morning writing papers right now. You're doing good. Like I yeah. just need sometimes a little bit of a reminder that like, 
my road has never been conventional and it never will be conventional. And the more I try to That's create huge. convention in other people's story, the more I get into the compare and despair, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, perfectly said. Oh, thank you. Coming perfect, you. Perfect, means, perfectly, perfectly said. It means the world. It means the world. How do you experience a, a forgiveness in your life right now? Um, I, you know, the whole concept of forgive and forget, well, I'll forgive. I'm not going to forget. Um, and I'm also not going to forget to the point where I sometimes relapse to the point where I am, where I haven't forgiven you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I might have to forgive you and over and over again, because I forget that I forgave you, but I'll never fully forget. This feels like an existential crisis if we're being honest, but yeah, I don't, I'm not like, uh, I'll forgive you mainly because I forgot, mm-hmm. but then I'll remember. And then I'll go back to not forgiving. Um, I also, I'm really bad at asking for forgiveness. Um, because it means I was wrong. And now all it does is reinforce that I'm not adequate enough and I'm not enough. So can, can I offer you something? Yeah. I experienced all that for many years and then I completed all 12 steps and it was cut in half. And then I did it again and then it was cut in half. And I did yeah. it again. I, 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 I know that as soon as I, you know, get through all of my steps of Alan on, it'll be, um, um. Yeah. It'll. Yeah, I'm it'll, not good at forgiving me. Like I could forgive oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm, I'll forgive yeah. you before I'll forgive me. Forgive me? What are you kidding? Yeah. I'm yeah. white knuckling it every day when yeah, I'm forgiving myself. That's not happening. My, my first, my first fourth step. My my name was at the fucking top of people I was pissed at. You know, but I'm the same thing. Like I can forgive people, but like. I don't forget, like I've got, I've got a backlog, especially in comedy and I don't necessarily operate to try to make people's lives harder or anything like that. But I remember I have a long memory. Mm. Like I, I, I have a long memory of the guy that wouldn't let me sell merch, you know, like I have, a, like I can forgive that guy. Cause someone fucking probably hurt him along the way. But like, you know, that fucked with my money. Like if you fuck with my money, my friends, my family, or the thing I love, it's hard for me. I can forgive, but it's, I, I won't, you know, that's always in the back of my mind. Cause I just, it's hard for me to trust people, mm. you know, like I don't hang, it's not like an act of resentment, but it's like, if that person's name comes up, I'm like, oh yeah, in my brain, cause I'm not out really going to gossip. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that's the guy, that's the guy that did this. Yeah, yeah. Like you forgot it, but then you, you didn't, it's like, you forgot, you forgot you were forgetting. Like, it's like, it's still there if it comes up. Yeah. Like it doesn't rent unnecessary amounts yes, of space, space in my yes. head. Yes. You know, but, but um, when someone lets you know, you're like, oh, that's person still occupying that room in my brain. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't wake up in the morning going over my resentments and like, I, I'm pretty good at, by the end of the day, I've turned it over, you know, by the end of the day, I've, I've looked at like, do I owe any amends to anybody? Did I do anything that I regret? And, you know, it's like, I I'm pretty good. Like I have a, a three day letting go of new resentment process, you know, where I'll, I'll deal with it on my own. I'll reach out to other people that are sober. And then by the third day, it's pretty much usually gone, but it's like, I don't, 
I don't have a good forgetter anymore. Other than like, I can remember my act. I could never remember your birthday. Like that's like my, my brain's got Swiss cheese holes in the spots that remember like Ugh, dates. Birthdays are the dumbest things ever. Anybody, anybody yeah. who gets upset about birthdays, go fuck yourself. But, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I find that, uh, I find that as long as I'm not living in the resentment, it's okay for me to like, just remember, it's okay to remember the wrong a little bit because I don't want to stand in the way that can't. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll run back into the traumatic situation over and over and over again. I got to remember like, no, we don't do that today because that person doesn't treat you in a way that brings you joy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm getting, I'm getting better at my, at my like, I, I have no problem with apologizing for my part and things like that's okay. Like I know when I'm wrong and I'm pretty quick to get. In, oh yeah. yeah. To if I'm wrong. I'll apologize. But if I think you're wrong, it's really hard for me to apologize. If I think we're we both fucked up, it's hard for me to apologize when you should be apologizing too. Yeah, that yeah, that's. I mean, I've gotten to that point where it's just like I like I like well when I can't. I like sleeping at night. What keeps me up at night is not my resentments or 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 people I fucking hurt. You know, like we, we, we already, we already broached that subject, but like, that's the thing, like I'll apologize for my part in things and then be able to walk away from a situation. But that's the next question. Like Nicole, like what, what has been the most surprising apology that you've either made or received? It's interesting. I I wrote this down when we started talking about this. I, I wrote this thing down. I, I, no one's ever made amends to me for anything. My mom was on a lot of drugs when she had back surgery. Uh, and right before she went into the operating room, she apologized for being horrible and doing a lot of terrible things to me, but she didn't remember it the next day. Um, so I can't really say my mom apologized for anything. Um, I'm waiting for my mom to apologize for a lot, mm. but I wrote this down um, because there's this, you know, I found this article where it said the proper way to apologize, you know, and it's like how you word your apology. And I had this thought where if you reject someone's apology based on how they worded their apology, you're not looking for an amends. You're looking to have power. And that Mm. is one of the very frustrating things to me about apologies. It's like everybody's like, they said that they're sorry uh, that, you know, uh, they didn't say I'm sorry for uh, how I treated you. They said, I'm sorry you're upset. And it's like, you're literally going to fucking try to find holes in someone's. Ap- they're apologizing. Like, I don't understand yeah. why it's so this big thing of like they they didn't say it right. I will. I will argue. I will argue. Hold on. That saying something like, I'm sorry, you felt that way about what I did is a manipulation. And that's why they're reacting. But I don't always see it as a manipulation. Sometimes people just don't know how to word apologies. Mm. Like we weren't taught to apologize. There was no class in school. You either learn that from your parents or you don't. Some people don't know how to apologize. Some people also don't know how to manipulate. The fact that you're seeing it as a manipulation is because you're in a mani- you're a manipulative person that you've manipulated people. You have to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes that they don't know how to apologize. We didn't have emotional learning classes growing up. No one taught us how to communicate with other people about our emotions and our accountability. And like, 
keeping our side of the street clean versus, you know, like knowing what your 50% is versus whatever someone else's 50% is. And for you to see someone's apology as a manipulation, like that's you, that is on you. Someone else can be apologizing to you. And it can be a very innocent thing just because they didn't say it in the way that they should be saying it doesn't make it an invalid apology. And for you to perceive it as a a manipulation is like, why are you perceiving that as a manipulation? Maybe they're just trying to apologize and they're doing the best they can. Yeah. I, I got to remember for me when I'm, when I'm making amends, it's just like, not everybody has like, nobody has a program that ha, 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 has educated them in even noticing their part in things sometimes. And that's the best you're going to, I mean, like when you said the thing about your mom, I'm just like, in my head, I was like, well, that might be the best you get. <laughs> You know, and I've made and I've made uh, a piece with that. That is the best I'm going to get. Yeah. And then for me, like I just I know for me that like I always try to offer up, you know, what can I what can I do to make it right? That's the difference for me between making an amends and just saying I'm sorry for for me is that like I, I, I leave the space open. What can I do to make it right? And knowing that like there is probably sometimes nothing I could do to make but it right. You learn that, right? You learn that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's right what I'm saying. Like, wouldn't, not, every, like, not everybody has that. Not everybody has Alan. Not every, so, not, so, so, some not, people don't have any everybody. tools in so their toolbox. Few. Yeah, yeah, so few, you know, the only tool, and I will, I, I always use this analogy. The only tool I had in my toolbox before recovery was fucking alcohol and duct tape. Meaning like I, I would duct tape a situation mm-hmm. and, and hope that it works. Like you could fix a lot of shit with duct tape. I'm not, I'm not saying duct tape is like in the true crime sense of the word. I'm saying duct tape is like, it's, it's a fix all like the, yeah. the alcohol or drinking myself stupid was a fix all, you know, and you could fix a lot. Like I, I handled my mental health with drugs and alcohol, yeah. but you take that away from me. I, I don't know how to fix things with not mm-hmm. duct tape or a hammer. So the yeah. only tools I have are duct tapes and duct duct tapes and ha- duct tapes duct. and hammers. By the way, great <laughs> great name for your book one day: duct tape, <laughs> duct tape and hammers. Yeah, but now I have I have I have specialty tools. Like I just my dad was a mechanic, so this is the analogies that I use. Is you know for specific jobs, there's specific tools. You know, and, okay. and they're they're finite instruments. You know that that do a thing a certain way. And, you know, some of the amends I've had to make in my life are are remembering that the last time I spoke to this person, they said, don't ever speak to me again. So in order to like to make it right, I can't like I can't directly make it right to that person. I just have to know that part of the amends is one, never talking that person because they asked me not to. And two, trying to never do what I did to another person. Yeah. You know, and sometimes that's the best I can muster as far as amends go. Yeah. Mm. I I mean, it's, uh, yeah, apologies, making amends, all of that. It's, it is such a, it is such a hard thing to do and receive. And uh, I think just like being easy on people, even, even, even people who did your real wrong, you know? Yeah. And I, I, you know, my experience with that usually is like expressing when, when an apology or an amends does fall short. And where it comes mm. up where there are a lot of defects have cropped up. What I will say is, and this might be an affect of just like being around, being around the program for as long as I've been is to say something like, I, I appreciate where you're going with this. I do have to tell you that the way this was phrased causes harm. Yeah. And, and, um, 
And, but I, I do love what you said about that because it could be, it could be also like, am I being hyper defensive because I've been wronged? You know what yeah. I mean? Is it, is it, where am I coming from, mm-hmm. you know, with that? Is it because I know I'm capable of doing that? I think that's really, that's really powerful. And I, that's the kind of self-awareness that people get like in a 10 step, like, mm-hmm. which is sort of like how we keep our day-to-day together. Like what mm-hmm. is your day-to-day routine to keep Nicole and me Schreiber together? You know, I mean, I have like a whole mishmash of, um, you know, I'm really bad about meditating. I wish I meditated more, um, you know, you know, doing morning pages kind of thing. But like, really, for me, a lot of it's like, uh, I go for a lot of walks. Um, Mm. And my dog, my dog is like, yeah, buddy's my... um, Fuck, man. I don't know what I'd do without that dog. I once um, pulled a greasy rock out of his mouth because he will eat anything that smells like food. <laughs> literally anything. <laughs> the story of my life is now I'm at the point where I'm like, fuck it. Just, you know, you're going to fucking eat it. Eat it. I don't know. You're going to shit it out. He vomited up tinfoil on my bed. I had to reach into Ken Gar's dog's mouth, like into her throat to pull tinfoil out. That's what it was, was tinfoil. Mm-hmm. She'd been, she just like snarfed some up and I was like, nope. And pulled it right yeah, out. <laughs> I mean, I, I was at, I watched him eat it and I was like, no buddy. And then I kicked it away. He got some of it still, but we were at, I was in line at Leo Sacco's. I went there two nights mm-hmm. ago because Dave, I can't get enough of it. And you're um, so close. <laughs> and I, he was like eating tinfoil and someone was like, careful, your dog's eating tinfoil. I was like, no. And then I just like kick it away. I was like, yeah, I probably ate some of it already. Um, and then, yeah, he did. He just vomited on my bed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, um, I have, so I have around my house, I have, uh, I will on mirror and mirrors in my bathroom. I have written, um, phrases, So I have, um, I am enough. And then I have, you are enough. And then I have, I love myself. And then I love you. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, sometimes I need to hear things like I need to hear myself say to myself, I am enough. And sometimes I need someone to be my cheerleader. So I wrote, you are enough. Uh, and I realize that's self-love comes from the outside for me as much as it can come from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to hear I, you are enough. I need to know that someone thinks I'm enough. Mm-hmm. It helps me believe that I am enough. And so I might not be able to get it from someone else, but just reading you are enough. It like does this thing. It like tricks my brain. Well, and it helps, it helps you choose relationships in your life that are validating. Yeah. Not everybody is validating to be around. No. I have some people in my life where it's like, oh, honey, I just need you to validate me right now. You yeah. coming off, you coming off mad robotic. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like it's uh it is really important. Um, yeah. so that's my that's my version of day to day. That's been that's been the one gift of the pandemic. It's just like there's there's so many people I just don't care to fuck with anymore. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, but the people that I still do, like, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a more robust feeling of love and appreciation, but like, like having permission to just like, yeah, I don't fuck with that person no more. You know, that, that has been a a real gift of the past almost fuck not almost two years. Now we're going to get to this point where like five years ago when this all started dude, crazy, eventually (laughs) we're going to, this will be a weird distant memory. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole, do you, 
do you have a relationship with like a higher power or, or what, nature, what, what's, what's your nature, concept of that nature? nature. Okay. I mean, my mom, I would say is probably still has her claws in me as far as being a higher power to a degree. Mm. But I would say the thing that brings me to my knees and also makes my tail wag is nature. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Na- nature is just like, there is, there is no more, there's nothing more humbling than looking at a mountain. Mm-hmm. It just makes you realize how small you are. Um, and it's also the sort of thing when I look at it, it makes me feel small, but I'm also like madly in love with it. Yeah. Like there's just, there's just nothing better than the mountains. Mountains, ocean, vast desert. Like, yeah, I was oh, just, I was just, in, I was just Valley. in Tacoma, and I could see Mount Rainier from the hotel window, and that's mm. like, there's mountains around LA, but to see like something like Mount Rainier, like that's a fucking mountain. Mm-hmm. Like there, oh. you know. Every time I drive to Mammoth and I drive by Mount Whitney, I'm just like, well, hold on, I gotta go visit God. Yeah. yeah. So let's pull over. I mean, I need to go to church at least once a year. <laughs> um, I mean, the mountains are my church. I love that. You, like, there's just nothing more grand than, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons I love like, uh, um, archaeology is the, the earth and what's in the earth will always outlive us. Mm-hmm. Even once the earth, we destroy this earth, it will still outlive us. Because by destroying this earth, the earth, it, it, elements of it will still be there, but we'll be gone because we can't live here anymore. And it's just like, I mean, don't fuck with Mother Nature because, you know, Father Time's right around the corner and he'll kick your ass, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and with that, Mama, we've reached the last question. Got it in right under the wire. You have a hard out. So we're going to respect that. Nicole Amy Schreiber, what's one thing you would tell somebody just like you in the world? You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Nothing's too bad. Is it going to be the best in the world? No, it'll be okay though. I can't promise you the best. I can't promise you the most flawless, amazing experience ever, but it'll all be okay. Oh, mama. I love that. Where can people find you on the social media? Uh, please find me on uh, Instagram at Nicole, Amy. I'll stop talking like that. Um, Nicole, Amy on everything pretty much. Um, I, I'm trying to TikTok more, but that's not going to happen. Um, I just don't give a fuck. Um, I'm on Twitter. I love Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to tweet something every day. I don't always do it. Um, I love Instagram. I will fight with a fucking troll. You want to troll me? Bitch, you better have your fucking boots on because we going to be going at it for a while. It's very um, true. Very I will true. fight with anybody i am old i'm in my early to mid late 30s i'm old um and yeah i will uh yeah yeah yeah. i i I know exactly how i feel about everything so if you're ready to fight let's do it i love it isn't it fellow lady in her schmerties i enjoy it i enjoy it it's welcoming all challengers near and far yeah, bring it, bring it. I might not know a lot, but I'll make you feel bad. Come at me, bro. If you fuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, uh, you also have a fabulous podcast, right? I do have a podcast. Oh, yeah. My podcast. 
Um, well, I had a porn podcast, but that's no more because um, fans of porn are literally the worst people ever. Like if you're a person <laughs> who like loves porn to the point where you're like, you follow the lives of porn stars. <laughs> there's something you do. If you follow the lives of, you know, anybody, like if you're like one of those people who's like obsessed with celebrities, you're fucking weird. And, and like mine was a foot fetish podcast and foot fetish people are just assholes. They try to pretend like they're sweet and like they worship at the altar of women, but they're assholes. Majority of them are terrible people. Yeah. Some of them are yeah. really sweet and nice, but like a lot of them, it's like, you don't need a hug. You just need to start over. Um, and then, um, but I have two filthy nerds with Jessica Michelle Singleton, which is kind of like my heart and joy, um, which is one of the things that I'm going to need to prepare for. Um, but uh, yeah, two filthy nerds with Jessica Michelle Singleton. Right now we are currently in the Marvel universe. Um, uh, so if you're a Marvel nerd, come on mm. over. Let me know when you do an anime or martial arts uh, series, because uh, mama, I know too much. Um, <laughs> I love that about you. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Dave, where do, where can people find you and all the things you do? You can find me at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all the shits. And if you want to support me directly, you can order hot sauce, hahahotsauce.com. Dave's blowing up on TikTok, baby. And Anna where are we going to find you? Oh, you can find me at Anna Views Fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValensVilla.com for all the things. I'm going to redesign that website so it doesn't look like HTML from 1996. Also, uh, you can find this podcast at 12Q Pod on all the social medias um, and including the TikToks and the and the everythings. We love to hear from you. And um, Nicole, how we end this podcast every time is if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Oh, I love you. Love you, Nicole. I love you, Dave. We have to have coffee soon. We have to see each other. Yes, please. You have to see Buddy because he needs you. I miss Buddy. He's so cute. And Dave, if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Oh, I don't believe it. Love you, Dave. (laughs) Shut up. We love you. Hey, Anna, guess what? I fucking love you. Oh, my God. Love you. And if you're listening to this. And nobody's told you this today. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you. Thank you for listening. We love you, everybody. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.